Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, and it's finally football game week for the Auburn Tigers. Brian Harson's first season is going to get kicked off Saturday night inside Jordan-Hare Stadium, a full Jordan-Hare Stadium against Akron. And I'm here with Jason Caldwell to talk about the depth chart. Brian Harson gave us that depth chart this morning. It was sent over to us. Got a chance to look at that this morning and break things down. Kind of let the, that uh, that stuff marinate over the course of the day. There really weren't too many surprises, but there are a couple um, positions that we will get into. Jason, we were waiting for it. You were waiting for it in the morning in order to uh, to put up that story. And so what were the ones that really stuck out to you? I feel like we we kind of we did this last week where we talked about some of the stuff coming into focus. Offensive line was was. You know, the past couple of weeks was when that group where we see them right now, that group has started to come into focus. The secondary started to shake out. Was there really anything that surprised you or, or was it guys that didn't make the two deep? Because that was probably my thing is that there were guys that were kind of omitted that made me shake my head a little bit. Yeah, it was probably it was probably that. Um, and I think there were only a couple of positions where there was a third player listed. Um, Tyler Fromm was listed as a third tight end. Um, Malcolm Johnson was listed as one of the third wide receivers. Um, and Joko Willis um, was an oar as the third, you know, star linebacker. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't like we've seen in the past where three or four players would be listed and you kind of had, a, you know, a bunch of different people on a, on a depth chart. This was pretty much a two deep. Um now we'll we'll see more players in this. Uh, I don't think there's any question, especially when you think about the defensive line. I think when you think about a defensive line, um, there are some players missing that that we feel certain we're going to see. Um, you know, when this team gets on the field, um, but um, I think probably the maybe the the most intriguing thing to me was um, a wide receiver. Um, wrote about it today. We've heard about it. We about this offense and the the need to be able to play different positions, move around the field, but also to to read defenses, to understand what kind of coverage you're getting, to to you know run those routes and be on the same page with the quarterback. And we see the three most experienced wide receivers on the roster listed as starters. Uh, I don't think there's any coincidence in that that you think about Shedrick Jackson, the guy that's you know this be his fourth year at Auburn. He's been here for a while. Javaris Johnson has has played, you know, been in practices. He hasn't played a ton, but he's been around. And and then Demetrius Robertson obviously has played for for five years already, uh, and his guy has been around. So when you think about think about that, um, that's probably the thing that you know maybe surprised some people. But you know, we've kind of been hinting at it for a while. You see, you know, every first rep was almost Javaris Johnson. Shedrick was in there pretty early. Then we need Demetrius Robertson. He was brought in for a reason. He was brought in for a reason to be a guy that played a lot of football and potentially could be a number one guy. And so um, I thought that position was was one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, and like you said, it's just a two deep. It's not going to show everybody um, because most of those wide receivers that we've been talking about all preseason when we're when we're talking about guys that are inexperienced and are and, and haven't played much football before but are still talented. We're still talented guys coming out of high school. Barely any of those guys were on the two deep. And there was a true freshman. The only true freshman on the two deep on either side of the ball was Tavares Dawson, 
Um, and I, I can't exactly remember who he was behind, but he was there in that two deep at wide receiver. Um, Shed Jackson, this could be his last season. At Auburn, he's only got 10 career catches, um, but that's not really his forte. He was he was definitely a blocker. Um, that's definitely the the best thing that he does. But what are some reasons why he could be a focal point and could be a, a main player in this offense this season? Yeah, uh, I saw the same thing happen for him in high school. He was a guy that that wasn't a a really a huge part of the offense. Now he was a key player, but he wasn't a huge part of the offense until he was a senior. And then he became a guy that did everything. And I remember talking to to Josh Niblett about him, um, you know, after state championship game, and him talking about how look he makes everybody better. He when he goes out there, he does exactly what you want him to do. Um, he runs the right routes. He does those things. Catches the football. Um, and so I think when you look at him, that's it. I, I think, you know, you talked about his, his block and he wasn't called on to be a, a main receiver. And, you know, we've seen it, you know, in the past, um, you know, there's, there's room for about two, potentially a third guy in Gus Malzahn's offense. That's about it. And there's not a ton of balls to go around. Um, I think you look at Shedrick Jackson now, kind of reminds me a little bit of Demetrius Robertson at Georgia the last couple of years where – you don't necessarily get a ton of those opportunities because the other guys are number ones. Now, Shedrick Jackson, I think, is going to have more of those. I mentioned Demetrius Robertson. I think he's a guy that that has has shown that he's he can he can make plays. And as Brian Harson said, Javaris Johnson, <clears throat> another guy that I watched a bunch in high school, has been the most consistent of those guys. And so, it's an intriguing group when you think about. You know, we haven't talked about Xavier Capers. We haven't talked about Elijah Canyon, Kobe Hudson. Um, you know, you mentioned Tavares Dawson behind Javaris Johnson. I think a very similar type of player in there, but Malcolm Johnson, who's you know, should still be just be a freshman. Um, there's a lot of youth that is still kind of learning the ropes a little bit, but but there's some talent there. And I think as the season goes along, we'll see more of those guys. Yeah. And in, in an ideal world, you you play your experienced guys this season in the transition year and you continue to develop those younger guys. But yeah, we'll see that develop into like a five or six person rotation at receiver. But somebody, I mean, it's a, it's such a big room. We talked about out here before, just like looking at them in practice, looking at that room, working with Cornelius Williams. It's it's a massive group. Um, there are going to be people left out and they're just going to have to be patient and wait their turn because like we talked about, Demetrius Robertson and Shed Jackson will be gone um, before too long and guys can kind of move up the depth chart. The thing that stuck out to me, and we had kind of known this was coming, but if you had looked anywhere on any publication, people that were doing, you know, oh, you know, here are the best transfers in the country. Um, Dreshawn Miller from, from West Virginia was always Auburn's best. He had a great season. The advanced analytics loved him at West Virginia. Last year, he was one of the best cornerbacks in the Big 12. Um, and again, they only went too deep at corner. So there was only four cornerbacks listed on the steps. They'll, they'll play a couple more than that. Um, but it was Roger McCreary and then and Roe Torrance, who's had a great preseason, the Juco guy, one of the best preseasons um, for Auburn on defense. And on the other side, Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson. We definitely um, expected that. What, what, what went on with Drayshon Miller, in your opinion, this preseason? Not that, you know, everybody has to be talked about all the time and talked up and hyped up, but um, seems like he didn't get that much buzz considering how big of an addition he seemed like when Auburn got him back in, uh, back in the spring. Yeah, I think he probably missed a little time. There's some of those things sometimes we don't get or aren't privy to, and, um, and then you kind of go, okay, that now that makes sense. That that maybe maybe a little missed time here or there for a guy that you know didn't go through the spring. Uh, that's you know for a guy like by Darius Knight, and I think it was why it's so important that he he was able to be out there and and kind of jump into those roles. 
miss a little time and you're having to learn from scratch. Uh, it makes it difficult even for a veteran guy. So I think Deshaun Miller's a guy that we'll see maybe as they get into the year, um, as he kind of finds his role, but maybe tough. You know, Ro Torrance has stepped in there. You got three veterans that have played a lot of football there. Um, be interested to see. You know, we didn't have a nickel list, and we know Donovan Kaufman is, is a guy that at the nickel position. What we don't know is the other guys around him. We didn't see Ladarius Tennyson listed either on this depth chart, but he's a guy that, you know, can play safety, can play nickel. I, I wonder, you know, because they got options. They got options with all those corners to potentially move a Ro Torrance or Jashon Miller, maybe to nickel at times against a team that wants to spread the field and put more cover guys on the field. So I think we'll see those guys move around in that secondary. And we've heard Derrick Mason talk about the need at safety for those guys to, to be able to play both spots. I think it's going to be the same thing at corner and throughout that secondary. So, um, but Deshaun Miller, um, yeah, that's probably surprising from the outside world um, not to see him listed uh, when a depth chart came out today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the same, I guess, as the receivers in that you need five, six, seven, eight guys, maybe not that many, five or six guys um, that'll be your primary players. And I mean, everyone else is going to is going to get left out. I mean, there's, there's only so many spots and the secondary is definitely the most talented position group on the roster, both safeties and, and cornerbacks kind of top to bottom that Auburn's got right now. You and I talked a lot last week about this offensive line and how things started to come into focus and that picture started to get clearer. But today we've still got a couple, a couple spots along the line, both guard spots, left guard and right guard. Um, that are still I guess, bracketed, you can say. Um, it's got the or designation, meaning either guy is a starter. Um, we presume that it's going to be left to right, Troxel, Council, Brahms, Keandre Jones, and then Broderius Ham at right tackle, which I thought maybe Ham and Coffee would be still be bracketed, but it looks like Ham has won that job. Um, I guess Council seems like the bigger lock to me. Council seems like the one who's definitely going to going to pull away for that left guard job, but. I mean, right now, apparently they're they're pretty dead set in the tie. And we saw on Saturday that they rotated both those spots with the first team offense. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Alec Jackson's a guy that that has has experience, hasn't hasn't played guard. But to me, you know, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think he's a natural guard. I think that's where his position is. And he's a guy that has a lot of athletic ability. He was a former defensive lineman. Um, we've seen a, a lot of a lot of examples of those guys over the year turning into really good guards. Um, you know, Ben Grubbs, you know, being one of those examples, but Tim Duckworth and um, the list goes on and on. Kendall Simmons was a guy that played defensive line that came in and, and, and moved offensive line. I think Alec Jackson, the guy that has, has pushed and he's got experience. Um, Brandon Council, you know, we've heard the right things about him coming back from injury, but he's come back from two surgeries. Um, there's a difference between being in shape and in football shape. And that's something Ryan Harson continues to mention about him going, you know, is he, you know, that, that'll be my question. Is he ready to be in football shape um, and, and to go play 75, 80 snaps in a game versus, you know, 35 and then take a break in a scrimmage and then come back. I think that's the question mark for him. 
Maybe the same thing with Keandre Jones because he missed some time early in camp. Maybe that's the the issue with both of those guys. Um, but you know, hey, it's it's you know, Akron. This should be a game where Auburn might be able to rotate both of those guys in there, play seven, um, and then see what happens. That you know, that's kind of the goal. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see a you know, we mentioned Brandon Coffee. Maybe see him get a, a couple of reps. Just just the number you always hear on the offensive line is eight. Can you get you find your eight guys? Maybe we see eight guys at some point uh, you know, on Saturday night just to kind of see what it looks like. Yeah, it sounds like they've got them. It sounds like they've got those eight right now. Ham being or coffee being the only one that's not that that bracketed co-starter. Um, and we mentioned it last week or a couple of weeks ago that this these first two games, it's like as easy as it comes in terms of I mean, on paper, you never it, know. It should be, happen. yes. It should it be. better be. Say so you better be anyway. It should be. It should against uh one of the worst teams in the country projected, and then an FCS team in Alabama State. Um, you got to get things figured out for Penn State, though. That's obviously you need your need to have some reps with the starting five on the O line. Get get Bonix comfortable with that group. Um, kind of in terms of us projecting the depth chart and, and looking at lineups, it was nice we were able to be at practice on Saturday. You were down more toward field level, getting some good pictures and observing things from from down there. Um, I mean, things have wrapped up. I think we're on our way to the beginning of the season. What stood out to you at Saturday's practice? Was there anything different than what we've seen? It was kind of run the same way. It was just extended. It was just everything we've seen, except we were able to see an extra hour of it. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you, or are we just kind of putting a bow on things before the season starts? Yeah, I think probably the thing that stood out to me is is this is the team that's got some potential. They, there's There's veterans across the board on this roster, they give you a chance to me every week. Um, can they put it together? Um, especially offensively, you, you would think defensively it's, it's easier to kind of take over and adjust schemes a little bit, um, much more so than it is offense. Um, you look out there and you go, man, there's inexperience at, at the wide receiver position. That's, that's big, but they've got guys back that have played. Um, you got Tank Bigsby and Sean Chivers and, I think an improving running back group behind them, which is a good, a big deal. The tight end group is there. Um, you know, we, you know, we mentioned to everybody, but Brandon Frazier on the depth chart, and he's a guy that, you know, has the potential to do some things too. But you know, you know, Samuel Schink, John Samuel Schinker, um, Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, three different types of tight ends. Um, they could be heavily involved in the passing game. So, watching that Saturday, I saw a team that has the potential to go out there and play. Um, but that's what it is, is potential. Um, can they put it together? Um, and, and I think, like most people, I think that's offense. Um, can the offense execute? Can they build some confidence? Um, this, you know, we talked about these two games. Go out there and execute, play well. No matter who you're playing, you can gain some confidence, and that's the most important thing, I think, for this team, you know, you know in, in two weeks as they get ready for Penn State. Yeah, and these storylines that we've got right now and, and the way we view these position groups, this is something I was thinking about today when Brian Harson talked about the offensive line and how he's it's kind of stagnant right now because he keeps seeing him hit the same people over and over again and play against the same defensive alignments. It's when you finally face somebody else, even if it's a weak Akron defense, even if it's a weak Alabama State defense, you want to see how your guys react to that. So the storylines and, and how we view these position groups um, are going to start to change over these next couple of weeks. We'll get into it. We'll do our roundtable podcast of previewing the Akron game here in a couple of days, Jason. But just right now, game week, it's crazy that it's back already. 
um, beginning of the Brian Harson era. What are you most excited about being in the stadium on Saturday? And, and what are you most going to be looking forward to about seeing this team, Harson's team in person in a game setting for the first time? Yeah, I think it's about how, you know, between he and Mike Bobo, how they call a game offensively. Um, you know, when you, you know, obviously been in stadiums and, and watched as Auburn played against a Mike Bobo coach team. Um, so you kind of have a little bit of feel, but we also know these guys so well. We know the talent on this team. Anxious just to see how it comes together. Um, watch them get under center at times, get in the eye formation at times. You know, for so long, we've, we've watched an offense where we, we kind of had an idea what was coming. You, you knew, okay, this formation or whoever was on the field, you kind of had an idea what's coming. It's going to be fun to to go into a game and have to learn because, you know, for me, doing doing photos on the field, the more I know about tendencies or, or, or potential, the better it helps me to be in position to 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 get the photo. Um, and so now I'm kind of kind of having to learn that all over again. And to me, that's the exciting part. I think it's the fun part of this. I think fans, I think that's part for them as well. Um, going into it with not really sure of how things are going to go, what you're going to see, um, how much you're going to be under center, all those things, um, they're going to be new. Um, and that's exciting to think about. Yeah, that's I hadn't really thought about that when, you know, when you saw the the sugar huddle near the goal line, you knew it was going to be a quick toss. When you saw the the stack receivers, you knew it was going to be a screen pass. And so now we're going to have to learn all these things and try to predict plays um, that way. And it is it's it's a rare situation. Rarely do you get to see a team that is mostly experienced. You mostly know every single player in an entirely new scheme on both sides of the ball. So these are guys that we've seen play in the Gus Melzahn offense, play in the in the Kevin Steele defense putting them in new situations will be definitely intriguing to watch. Thank you so much to Jason um, for coming on the podcast today. Like I said, in a couple of days, we'll get to the roundtable edition. We'll get everybody on. We'll preview Akron. Um, we'll make all of our predictions, all everything we're looking forward to and going to be watching for for that game. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Please go and leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode in a couple of days, I will see you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week.